Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, guys, thanks so much for coming to this company dinner. As we know, we sold the milk bar for big money. <laughs> it's a Chipotle now. Yay! Season 3 is going well, and everything is coming up, Millhouse. So, I propose a toast to death and friends. Cheers, everyone. Nash! Hey, guys. Uh, sorry I'm late. The airport was a mess. Welcome to Chicago. Honestly, it's part of your initiation. You're good, dude. Here, have some pizza. Thanks. Uh, what is this? This is Chicago-style pizza. Isn't the sauce supposed to be under the cheese? <laughs> Just... No, the cheese is... Okay, I was just, like, expecting deep dish. That's all I'm saying. Deep dish, while liked by everyone, is mostly for tourists. True Chicago style comes from the south side. Square cut, tavern style pizza. Cheese all the way to the edge. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Just everybody's either from here or has been here for a while. I'm just trying to fit in. It's all right, hon. Go ahead and eat. Hell yeah. Oh, hey, nice shirt, Josh. Go Cubs. God damn it, Nash. We're Sox fans. Correct. Josh is wearing that shirt because he thinks they're cute. True. I have no interest in sports. Just the way their butts look in uniform. Southside, baby. It's cool, guys. She's not from here. She didn't even get the TikTok meme correct. Look, I remember my culture shock when I got here. So it's not a big deal. Let's all just enjoy some pizza. All right, here we go. So which sport do the Cubs do? Skeleton Army, I'm Angel, and that lame tourist is Nash. It's been 84 years, and I don't remember how time traveling works. Time traveling? Jesus Christ, just regular traveling. (laughs) (laughs) On today's episode, we talk about one of the most insane disasters to ever hit the United States. The NBC Chicago-based series MD Fire PD, looking at you. What? No, I'm talking about the Great Chicago Fire. 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 Those shows are not a good time, though, so I don't, I don't blame you. They're, they're bad shows. I don't, yeah, they're... I don't like them. Yeah, they always cause traffic. It's the goddamn worst. This is this season's version of the Umbrella Academy hatred that you've experienced in season two for no reason. We just mm-hmm. don't like them. <laughs> Shall I paint the picture? I mean, we'll watch them. But... No, we won't. We won't. We won't do that. <laughs> I watched the Umbrella Academy. I watched the first part of the first season and I was like, I'm sorry, you have a monkey butler and you didn't find that problematic at all. We've children... already gone through this rant about the monkey butler. <laughs> I just can't with them. Like they built a I like mo- how that's the part that stopped you. Not like yes. these multi-powered kids, not the oversized guy, not the robot mom. No. The monkey butler. The monkey butler. I'm sorry, how? Wait till you get the season two shenanigans. It's lazy. Monkey butler. Shall I paint the picture? Yes, please. It's the night of October 8th. 1871, and the beautiful metropolis of Chicago doesn't sleep 
as industry and nightlife are roaring in this concrete jungle. Wooden. Wooden jungle, to be exact. Yeah, yeah. Wood, a wooden jungle? Do you... Just like a regular jungle, then? <laughs> just... Okay, true, but forests and jungles and such tend to not be so dry. Mm, there's a super insensitive joke in here about California. Just... <laughs> 1871 is a particularly dry year for Chicago. A lot of neckbeards saying, m'lady. Woo! It had not rained for months at a time. Chicago, at the time, was mostly made of wood. The streets were wood. The buildings were wood. The people. Wood. What? And on that fateful night at 8.30 p.m., Catherine O'Leary, for some reason, which will be revealed later, probably because she had to, decides to milk a cow. That cow kicks a lantern and thus begins a raging fire that would almost consume the entirety of the city. And boom, the legend of the Great Chicago Fire. Except the cow story is a lie. The cow is a lie. Cow is a lie. Cow is a lie. Perpetrated by our old enemy, racism. Ah, yes. More specifically, anti-Irish racism. (laughs) It's a big problem. Christian nationalism. Why did I just shout this at you randomly without the beginning of a sentence? I'm just over here like, Christian nationalism. That's a thing you could just have without any preface at all. Good. Another episode with no modern parallels. None whatsoever. The O'Leary farm is the origin place of the fire, but we don't really know how it begins. So for all we know, there are youth starting fires everywhere because that's what young people do. Probably. I don't know. That's just the cool young people thing. Youths! Whatever the actual cause of the blaze, one thing is for certain. The fire begins at the O'Leary farm. It spreads faster through Chicago than VD at an old person's nursing home. Let it burn! People die, Angel. Picante. Okay, so the fire begins on the south side at 137 DeCoven Street. It's a Chick-fil-A now, by the way. Ah, living history. It's near the south loop of Chicago. It's actually, it's not that. It's a marked historical site, but there is a bigoted chicken restaurant nearby. Now, at the time, of course, it's a lot more... Wooden? No spicy chicken sandwiches here, only spicy chicken fires, but still solidly homophobic. That's the exact same. Just the same level (laughs) there. Just. Just. No rainbows here. (laughs) Just same thing. Different day. Mm -hmm. 8.30 is when the fire starts roaring and starts to creep up and take a hold of what is essentially... Hang on, let me check my notes here. Oh, yes. All Chicago. Woo! Like we mentioned before, Chicago at the time is drier than Ben Shapiro's inexplicable doctor wife. Chicago has around 300,000 people, but the fire department? Oh, my God. It's... Okay? Uh, it's less... It's less than I thought. It looks like it's only 180 men. 180, 300,000, just making sure we hear the numbers again. Anyway, these dudes had already controlled something around 20 fires since the beginning of the month. Can't stress any of those words any more than I did. There is an actual fire bell that is rung from the tower. It was literally someone's job to keep lookout, then tell another guy about the fire, and then that guy would run to a different guy who would go up to the courthouse tower and ring a bell. The hottest game of telephone. Quite literally. My dad joke of the week. If only telephones existed at the time. (laughs) Right. It would have made everything so much faster. Hey, man, there's a fire, you know, just shooting a text. The overworked fireman had already taken care of a fire the night before that leveled four blocks. 
It took them 17 hours to put it out. This is their daily lives, like literally all the time, 180 men, fires. We love that for them, really. We I do. mean, just, mm. Mm. Once the fire actually starts, then leads the series of unfortunate events that begins the fire getting out of hand. So the courthouse lookouts spot smoke, and where there's smoke... <laughs> is a good time, baby! Hell yeah! <laughs> Racism. The lookout sends the firefighters to the wrong place. Oh. That mess up is what widely believed to have let the fire go truly wild. Woo, Miami, baby. It takes an hour. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> People die, Nash. It takes an hour. <laughs> it takes around an hour for the firefighters to arrive to the correct location. But by that point, everything is, in fact, on fire. Takes an hour to get there? What, did they get fucking lost? Like, you're trying to find a fire. It's on fire. Head for the fire. Why is it taking you an hour? In their defense, it was dark. Oh, wait, no, the they fire. should find the fire it's easier. It's fire. How are they not well, finding it? Well, you gotta it? remember, they're, they're probably, like, dispatching from different areas, and, like, Chicago's such a big place. Don't make excuses for them. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Chicago. I'm not, but I will pretend to be. Homes, businesses, and anything that the people of Chicago mostly the lower class immigrants, hold dear, are ablaze. At one point, there are actually fire tornadoes. 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 While Chicago is not the windy city because of how, well, windy it is, it is. Do you hear about this? What? Windy. It's very windy. <laughs> one more time, I didn't catch that now. There it is. <laughs> Many descriptions of the fire make it seem like it was like this large, overbearing, loud force. It was so large and overbearing that birds get sucked into the blaze. Birds are like, no, think, get sucked in. People screaming, carrying whatever they could to try to reach the river where they thought they'd find some relief. But please, God, let the river be on fire, please. Okay. Oh, my God. Please let this river be on fire. Okay. Except that they didn't. Along the river are lumber yards and nearby, of course, is the river. And hey, it's polluted and greasy. Oh, my God. A river fire. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it magnifies the spread instead of calming it down. Worse yet, just east of the river was the south side gas works. I can't even read this, which most... <laughs> which supplies most of the electricity to the city. And needless to say, yes, it commits an explode. Okay. While uh, Nash is busting a nut over there, <laughs> let's do a quick recap. At this point, the fire has spread quickly due to the dry and windy climate that Chicago had at the time. With the fire originating from what was essentially a wooden shantytown in a poor, mostly Irish area of the south side of Chicago, Firefighters didn't arrive on time due to a flawed fire detection system. The fire made its way up the river that is covered in grease and lined with flammable goods. Oh, God. <laughs> then... <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this? Then upon reach... What's wrong with what... You don't no, like no, I mean, like, who wrote this historical event? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's only going to get worse, but... Then upon reaching the main gas plant, it plunges the city into darkness, and now the only light in the city is that of the fire that is quickly taking over. Okay, it's Zack Schneider. I get it now. Yes. <laughs> That's who it is. This is a Roland Emmerich film, if I ever read one. 
And now it's made it all the way to downtown Chicago. A wall of fire takes over the courthouse. Which is considered fireproof, by the way. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yes, if you remember the previous episode, the old-timey standard of being the proof of things, not accurate. Oh, God himself couldn't sink this. Oh, there he goes. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did it. (laughs) God himself could not burn this. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, <clears throat> Whoops. Woo. Very fair. Very yeah, fair. Yeah. So remember the bell that gets rung every time there's a fire? Yep. I imagine the guy that rings that bell must be fucking jacked, baby. Just. Mm. The bell was five tons. Thick boy. Two C's. So that bell is connected to the courthouse. And in the courthouse is also the city jail. Now, naturally, everyone in the courthouse not super hyped about being roasted alive or dying of smoke inhalation. Hold that thought. Black death, polio, spontaneous combustion. Dying comes and after death comes decomposition. It may seem sad and also gross, but here you are and here's your host. Not an actual doctor, but it's medical. 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 Side effects may include being really grossed out for an extended period of time. Angel is not a doctor. Smoke inhalation. Let's talk about it. The smoke caused by house fires, or really most fires, of the wood variety is essentially a more mm, spicy type of suffocation. See, when smoke gets into your lungs, it penetrates the respiratory system's protective filters. Just fucking coating it. Just a Mm. thick deluge of things on your filters and the worst part is it leaves a sticky present after okay we made it we made it to the gross portion of the show let's just make the obligatory noise there we go disgusting the layer of smoke and toxins carbon monoxide etc literally sticks to your lungs like a film even replacing oxygen in your bloodstream standard oxygen levels for someone are around 21 percent at 17 percent there are impairments you start feeling a little lightheaded and so and so And at 9%, people can go unconscious. When the oxygen level is at 6%, that is when cardiac arrest occurs. Then you get a visit from the Grim Reaper himself. (laughs) My man. What's up, Slappies? That's not even the worst way to die. Remember how people got flash fried in the Pompeii episode? It's a pretty rude way to bring it up, but yes. You called people popcorn, Nash. (laughs) I forgot about that. I just Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can also regularly fry your insides as well. The heat from the smoke literally cooks your insides slowly until you die. Well, slow cooking, essentially. Mmm. Gobble, gobble. Now, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. The courthouse catches fire. All the prisoners are let out, and of course, the jailers immediately lose track of them. Whoops, bye. (laughs) In their defense, there's a wall of fire. Sort of fair. And in a weirdly poetic moment, the bell tower stops ringing, letting out one gong after the tower collapses inward and onto itself. Now, the fire's truly out of control. The fire will continue to travel north. Firefighters are overworked. They're struggling, try to hold it back. Some are even retreating. Why is this paragraph so long? 
the wooden bridges that connect the north side and the south side become choke points for people trying to escape the blaze, which is exactly what you want for an evacuation route. Just nice choke points where the fire can really get you. Once the fire makes it to the north side, it's only a matter of time before the bridges go up. But it would also reach the north side of town, making it to the main water pump building. At some point in the night, the almost futile attempt by firefighters had grown into a truly lost cause because the water dried up. On the north side, the fire gets even stronger, making it all the way up to what is modern-day Lincoln Park. I'm sure there's a joke here. I'm just not super familiar with the band. Well, in the end, it doesn't even matter. Chicago to this day is still very segregated due to economics, but this fire unifies everyone. Thus, stories of the wealthy side of town, pretty wild. Reports say the people cut oil paintings out of their frame, bury their jewelry in the ground. At some point in this evening, someone is burying a piano. And I just want to know, I just want to talk, okay? Like, I just want to know, you were like, well, that is a lot of fire and I don't think Chicago is going to survive. But my piano must. It must. It's very important to me. After trying to protect their stuff, they would find refuge in the strangest of places. People fled into cemeteries in what is now current Lincoln Park, and they jump into empty gravesides, only to die of suffocation in their now new graves. Mm. At the time, Lincoln Park had a cemetery there, and it was being moved. So there's a lot of empty plots now. And they would jump in, thinking like, this will save me. <laughs> you just saved them a lot of time, quite frankly. They would also flee into Lake Michigan, and thousands of people would just watch the fire from the lake, holding like, what little they could save. As Chicago became a wall of fire Mm. not knowing what would happen next the advent of lincoln park just kind of love the idea of like a rich person being like buying like a family plot right in the lincoln park cemetery and then being super mad that a bunch of poor people died in it (laughs) how much you want to bet that happened i know it happened i didn't even have to like look it up you know they're holding like important papers and like one golden pot above their heads while they're in the lake going like this is bullshit yeah they're (laughs) like that man's in my plot everyone's like the city is burning down sir (laughs) i'm freezing my balls off i'm gonna up dig my piano and bury it right on top of them you know, there's a rich person who's like, okay, now you do this and I'll go away to yeah. a servant. And oh, servant that, was like, that what person the did not bury their own piano. That piano got yeah. buried by people he was willing yeah. to sacrifice for the piano's sake. Right. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't until the late evening of October 9th, after 20 hours of fire, that mercifully it begins to rain, leaving Chicago a burned up valley of smoke. Once the smoke clears up, you can see the entire city from one end to another. There's literally nothing, just crispy and melted remains of the city. 300,000 people are immediately homeless, going to churches and schools that manage to survive. While the counts of only a few hundred are confirmed dead, thousands are considered lost. The only part of the city that stayed unharmed was the west side. The fire not only takes out most of the city of Chicago, but specifically it's also a win for racists. And shifty newspapers everywhere. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. No modern parallels. Many investigations occurred over Mrs. O'Leary's farm. The entirety of the legal system came after this woman, and in classic bullshit justice system slash cop fashion... She's murdered or wrongly imprisoned. They actually clear her name. Oh. Hmm. I know. They realized that the odds of it being her fault were little to none, and that the reason the fire took over the city was because of the mishandling of the initial fire, overworked firemen, and the lack of many of the buildings being up to code. Well, that's not where I thought this was going at all. 
True, but newspapers and the need to blame a group of people is just too strong mm. for modern parallels. And, well, there's the Irish population. Okay. And more specifically, Mrs. O'Leary gets blamed. Many writers for the Chicago Tribune write reports of the fire from firsthand experience in the area where it starts, calling the Irish slurs and blaming the fact that alehouses and places of ill repute are to blame for the fire spreading due to extra flammable material in there. You heard that correctly. They're like, only Irish people drink, and the cause of the fire must have happened at a pub where there is alcohol. You know, completely ignoring the dry weather, the windy conditions. There being like four firemen for every hundred fires because Chicago was continually on fire every single month. And also... It was literally always on fire. Everything being made out of very flammable wood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ms. O'Leary's reputation suffers greatly. She's in her late 30s, but the media makes her seem like this old hag that is too dumb to realize that you shouldn't milk a cow at night. You know, that old Jim. Hmm. She is painted as everything a conservative hates. An immigrant woman on welfare who hates the system so much she wants to let it all burn. <laughs> Hail Satan. But she's in fact a woman who comes from nothing, built a successful business little by little, and provides for her family. In the most popular images, she's painted as an ugly witch that makes mistakes and essentially is shit on her entire life. She becomes a recluse, blamed for something that wasn't even her fault. She dies of pneumonia, alone, a year after her husband died. O'Leary couldn't even rest peacefully, though. Her grave is constantly being defaced and desecrated. There's a fucking song written about it, and they would even celebrate the anniversary of the fire with a lady dressed in what I could only describe as Irish face with a milk pail. And a cow. Jeez. Mm. Well, <clears throat> let's end the episode on a positive note for once, shall we? Hard to do that after the Miss O'Leary thing, but yeah. Yeah, very fair. Many people may be familiar with the term the second city. The origin being that the city was built twice, the second time around was built better and bigger. Doubling in size and population. Chicago grew into an incredible city that quite literally rose from the ashes of tragedy. Oh, and uh, Mrs. O'Leary's house? It became the fire academy for the city. <laughs> Linus Moore said, need not apply. Uh, it's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a fucking fire hose. And on that ironic note, that's the episode. A special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rate and review would also be nice. Remember I said, let's end it on a positive note and just... It's somehow sadder. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Gorilla Jokes. And I'm at It's Nash Flynn. And of course, follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast. Want to become an official member of the Skeleton Army? Join us on Patreon. We use it to cover our sound guy's medical bills. In order to properly write medical facts, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. Actually, we need to do that. We need to... Uh, Dom, can you come here? Okay. Alrighty, and... Oh, do you have a lighter oh i don't have a lighter do you have a lighter no we were supposed to get a lighter jake do you have a lighter no we'll just wait for chicago to inevitably catch on fire speaking of patreon let's thank our listeners at the brendan fraser level luella i love your hair so check it out at patreon.com slash death and friends also we have a website now death and friends dot org dot o-r-g we are an organization committed to making the internet worse I miss you every hour of every day, Chicago. See you soon. That being said, death is tricky to talk about, so please remember. Remember this? Did you hear about this? No. You're loved. (gasps) You matter. And if you don't want to be your own friend, we will happily be your friend. What do friends do? Just come here 
just tell me what friends are supposed to do. I'm just gonna put my lips directly into the microphone. Don't don't get so close to that. She's just trying to kiss you. No. <laughs> Until next time, Skeleton Army. Stay spooky. Love you. Love you. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Remember this is a comedy podcast? Don't use it in your research papers. Okay, it's it's less it's less than I thought. It looks like it's only mm, 180 men. These dudes had already controlled something <laughs> Did around. You just type in your invisible computer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just looked it up quickly. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I know I messed that up. <laughs> no, it's fine. The I just... visual was hilarious. Cause, okay, uh, this is for bloopers or something. So you, one day we need to release like how how it looks when we record. Because Nash acts everything out. Yeah, it's very dramatic. Like it's, she's she's so stage ready for the live show, <laughs> and, and she just puts her hands up where I can see them. By the way, moves her little fingies. I do this like, for mm, you. Yes, I'm looking it up. I do and goes, this for you. 180 men. <laughs> do do do. <clears throat> 180 Woo. men. These dudes okay, had sorry. already... Con- That's okay. You I'm have already- to start over. The whole thing? Probably. Ben Shapiro's it. long-suffering wife. That's my new exclamation. I'm no longer using Jesus Christ. It's Ben Shapiro's long-suffering wife. <laughs> Death? When winds get sucked into the bird? Come on, man. <laughs> oh my god. Death? Dying, blah, 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 blah. I forgot the songs to my own theme. <laughs> Which is very sad and also gross. <laughs> but here you are. Here's your host. Death? We haven't done a bit where it's overtly sexual when we do the bit. Ooh, let's definitely do it about dying from smoke inhalation. Death? Reports say. Sorry, Dom, I should have warned you. I'm going into the next line. You can just. Yeah. Do sorry your, about that, Dom. Do your little magic y thing. Reports say that I'm people. I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> so seriously just like how dare you <laughs> is dom sound daddy <laughs> dom is sound daddy that's right